Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Hey, why not share the podcast? Get a new friend for Big Kurt and I. We ask so little. We would very much appreciate it. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. On this Monday evening... Monday evening, we're going to get this thing done, recorded, uh, but and then we're going to watch the Illinois spring game, Correct. which so we're this, both excited about. This will get posted after we have already watched that spring game. Right. So when is a podcast officially in the can? After we get done recording, is it in the can? That's in the can. Okay. And then yeah. you let it out of the can once you do yes, the- Yes, it, it, it TPs from the can to the interwebs. Which, by the way, folks- I know a shocking little about how that goes down. Pray for Big Kurt's health, because if he gets hit by a bus, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Oh, it's gone, baby. I, I don't know it's all gone. how to do in any fact, of this stuff. In fact, it's not an exaggeration that you haven't even seen it done not, before. I, I know that a computer is involved. It is. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's all. Yeah. That's that's the extent of my knowledge. Computer, my ears, and and that's really all you need to know. Is that is that like power or knowledge is power that you're yielding over me you're, kinda, you're yeah. purposely trying Maybe to keep it, it from me because Maybe like is. yeah negotiation tactics when we hit it big and we're worth correct multi-millions of dollars you can't and... do this without me <laughs> we'll keep that in mind um okay uh i think the general thought process and the how we're going to do oh by the way first thing i should mention <clears throat> on the last podcast we talked about how the next podcast was going to be the nfl draft podcast yeah. okay we lied that was that was wrong i I seem to be off the last couple of years with when I think the draft is going to be and what it actually is. Was it not? I do it not feel like it was a little April. I think it used to be a little earlier. They yes. have pushed it back a little. Correct? Yeah. I mean, they, I think it's, I, it's, it seems to me it's always going to be the last Thursday in April now. For now on. Yeah. So I should re redo the recalibrate yeah, yeah. in my head. Okay. All right. Anyways, I, for some reason thought the um, um, draft was a little bit sooner. So, Hey, that's okay. Now we get two podcasts out. This will be our our spring football podcast. Big spring, or we'll come up with you'll come up with some kind of awesome title for that. So we're gonna do some housekeeping items first. We're gonna do the Big Ten East first. We're gonna do the Big Ten West after that, and then that will be our pod. And then I promise the next pod will be about the NFL draft. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Cool. All right, start it off, buddy. All right, housekeeping here. The Athletics, Nicole Auerbach. You ever heard of her? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, we knew this hammer was dropping. She reports the NCAA Division I Council has approved a new rule allowing for all NCAA athletes to transfer once with immediate eligibility. So the assumption is you transfer a second time, you're going to have to sit out a year, but the first time, no sitting out. Now, nobody had to sit out this past year because of COVID. They just gave a one-time waiver to everybody, but that's going to be a permanent thing. So welcome to the Wild West of college football. Yes, and it's uh, approved immediately, which means immediately. It's, it's it's gone uh, or, it's, or it's ready to go. Um, uh, and then I believe there is a May 1st deadline that is attached to it, meaning you have to get your papers in. And then I believe that would be that would mean there's some kind of dead period there or a little bit right. so that you can transfer um, I, the May 1st, I guess. 
it, it makes sense. I mean, it's obviously safely after basketball season is over. And for the most part, I mean, almost across the board after spring football is over. So yeah. it would give a kid a chance to say, yep, that spring didn't go how I wanted to go. I'm going to take off. Yeah. So get ready for players that are at institutions and contributing at those institutions to be recruited to other ones. Yes. Like how it's amazing how a kid can uh, put his name in the transfer portal and go to his new school within hours. It's almost like it, it work with me here. Okay. Maybe there was some communication between said kid and said new organization, hmm. especially before. if it's like a kid's from the area where your school is. And then, you know, he's going to a different school out of the area. maybe comes home for a visit Oops, runs into somebody. Not saying that's what happened here at all, but Purdue freshman wide receiver Malik Carr, former four-star guy, TP'd and was instantly out of that TP. I don't think he even had a cup of coffee in that thing. No. He is going to Michigan State. He's going to play basketball and football while he's there. He is from Oak Park, Michigan, which is in the greater Detroit area. So not too far from Oh, that's not too far from Michigan State, now that I think that, about that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but you know, Purdue Twitter obviously handled it. With the utmost class, said, you know, we understand kids want to make decisions. A tip of the hat to you, Michigan State, for grabbing this kid out of the transfer portal. Yeah, and I don't know what the full story <laughs> no, is. No, and the thing is, is like, like if there, if there is a bending of rules that is happening, okay, there is a bending yes. of rules that is, that is happening. Let me rephrase that. I, in this sense, I do not blame any coach, okay, especially a brand new coach at Michigan state who wants as many good players into his program as possible that yeah. we have here. Mel Tucker is doing his job at this point. I, I, I mean, if a f infraction happens and it happens and it, you know, they, they get into trouble. That's another, but are you with me here? Like as yeah. a Michigan state fan, I, I would want there to be some aggressive interpretation of the rules. Yeah, and we're going to get to it. Michigan State's got a ton of incoming guys from the TP. I mean, they're really relying on that right now. And by, by the way, everyone's going to have to start recruiting that to some degree. Yes. I mean, the the, the programs that are really good at uh, identifying talent, recruiting, developing, they're probably not going to lean out as hard. The, I'm talking about the Wisconsin's, Iowa's, you know, historically the Michigan State's, but they're still going to have to pick up guys here and there to fill in holes. Yeah, I mean, I would think the number one way to use it I hate to do it. It's not like this is a uh, you know unique thought, but it's like free agency. It seems to me that the best NFL teams have built through the draft. They're their guys sure. that develop and yeah. go through the system. But then you grab a free agent every now and then to fill and help out. If that's how you can get your your college program to be, mostly through recruiting classes, guys that have been in the program that you've developed, but grabbing a guy from the transfer pole every now and then, that to me seems to be the optimum way to do it. I think so. But to counter that argument, a transfer can't transfer again without sitting out. So he's he's more permanent. Whereas the high school kid, you know, who knows? One point. thing sets him off, boom, he's gone. So yeah. I don't know. There's going to be a, a, a balancing point here. Yeah, and uh, um, I heard another podcast talking about this, and I'll kind of build upon it, but basically talking about how coaches coach up the two different players. Are you not coaching a younger player quite as hard? Because yeah. you're afraid they're going to leave. Absolutely. Then a transfer comes in, and you can essentially treat them like, like a redhead stepchild. There's no there's, doubt. 
That's like, definitely going to happen. Like, I believe in human nature. I believe people kind of are all the same way. I don't know. I'm just saying crazier things have happened. All right. Speaking of TPs, Rutgers quarterback Artur Sitkowski, a, an eyes on big favorite. I think you, we could Absolutely. say that. We could agree on that. He's back in the TP. Yeah. He spent a little time in the TP. He untp'd. He's re TPing. We don't know where he's going to go. I was wondering, like, is it a different offensive philosophy, not a pro style? But that doesn't appear to be the case. If you look at their roster, it, it looks like Shiano is recruiting pro style guys. So I don't know. He maybe just yeah. think, doesn't think he's going to get the playing time there. Uh, if you're looking at things as a glass half full as a Rutgers fan, you would say that's good because other quarterbacks have passed him up. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit. We might we, get into that a little bit. Do you think when Art got into the transfer portal again, it's like Norm walking into Cheers? Just, Art! It, yeah, maybe. Hey, he's back. Hey there, Normie. <laughs> okay, Iowa quarterback. What's going on, Mr. Peterson? Let's talk about what's going in, Mr. Peterson. That was one of my favorite <laughs> yes. ones. Yes. Okay, good, sorry. Iowa quarterback Spencer Petrus. Yeah. Out. What's going on there? Yeah, I maybe should have <laughs> had you pull it. He, he did have an knee injury, finished the practice. Oh, didn't okay. Didn't look fantastic. I probably should have updated that. But yeah, he did tweak a knee. Okay, no worries. Indiana Hoosiers just set up a home and home series with Notre Dame in football. Did you see this? I did not see that. 2030 and 2031, I believe, are the, are the years they're going to play first in South Bend, and then they're going to play down in Bloomington. Wow. So it got me thinking, I don't remember them ever playing each other. They're in the same state, I they're believe. They're in the same correct? state. It's not that far of a drive. It's probably have... a two and a half hour drive, yeah, I mean, I'm saying. Notre Dame has played Purdue. Oh many yeah, times. many Michigan, times. Michigan State. You so know the. I went back. Why? I, yeah. Okay. Go. You, take a guess. When's the last time they played? I went and looked. 1947. No, it's been oh. much more recent. Oh, than okay. That. 1991. What? Yeah. I have no recollection of that. No recollection of that at all. Uh, Notre Dame won that game. The last time IU won in this series was 1950. Okay. They have played 29 times with Notre Dame leading the series 23, five and one. That is an interesting little tidbit. I'm so, happy to hear about that. Me too. And I think it could be a competitive game. I mean, that's yeah, projected we'll out quite a bit. We'll see how that but, goes. But, but I mean, if, if that game took place play, last year. Right, if they played this year. Yeah. Heck of a game. I think that could be a good game. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Good for Indiana. And again, every time you hear about these big uh, out-of-conference matchups, most people think it's because we're going to an eight-team playoff automatic qualifiers. You can play whoever the hell you want in September because as long as you win your conference, sure. you go. Yeah, I guess that'll this be, could a, be a, positive a potential plan. positive yeah. there. Yeah. And did you know, did you know today is game day? Yes, it is. Today is Monday night football. It's not just game day. The Illini are playing on Monday night football for the first time ever. That's right. Big Ten Network is broadcasting the Illini spring game from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. tonight. It's going to be an interesting format. They're going to try to make it as realistic a game atmosphere as possible. They're even sticking to the limited fans. 8,000 are going to be there tonight, so okay. it seems like a typical home game yep. for the Illini. Yep. They're going to have cheerleaders. They're going to have a band there. It's going to be a little bit different format, though. Well, it's going to be ones versus twos, so orange is going to be one. Okay. Blue is going to be two. All right. But the blues, there's they they every time they score, it's it's double. So if they score a touchdown, it's 12 points. They kick the extra point, it's two points. Field goal, six points. And then they're going to have some weird field goal competition at the end of each half. I think it's like each team gets four field goal attempts from different yardages, different places. So you get a chance, if it's close, to kind of win the game with your kicking game. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It should be interesting. 
Um, no hitting the quarterbacks. They're going to be wearing white shirts. Anyone in a white shirt, no contact. No but contact. other than that, full contact. Um, yes, I would not hit Brandon Peters if if I was a defender. Um, I, I didn't know most of that. Um, the fact that it's on a Monday night, mm-hmm. that, that Big Ten Network is televising it. Yep. Band, cheerleaders, all that stuff. Methinks Beetle can sense the juice around the program right now. Yeah. And he's not going to just let it peter out. He's going to put it front and center as much as he can. Do it again. This is and by the way, this he, is Beetle the showman just correct. Do, doing his job. He approached BTN. It wasn't the other way around. For he real. Said, so we know that. Yes. And he wanted to make sure it was on a day when nobody else was playing a game. That's why he put it on a Monday. And they were really gracious. They're like, okay, we'll give you two hour block. Do whatever you want to do. Real quick, when is the last time you feel like there's been this much juice around the Illinois well, football program? I mean, it, it's when it basically Lovey's first game. That or, So you do think it's – I feel yeah. that this is greater than the beginning. of. I, well, if you remember, North Carolina – maybe it wasn't the first game. Maybe it was the first game against a P5 opponent. But North Carolina came to town, and it was a sellout. It was a night game. It was totally rocking. It was awesome. Okay. I mean, it was intense. It's the same feeling as, as back then. Did they win that game? No, okay. but they were winning. They they got out to a lead. They were, were kind of dominating the first half, and then North Carolina took over in the second half with their depth. And okay. Bye-bye. Well, anyways, it, the honeymoon phase is still going on. That's in fact, right. the, the honeymoon still phase undefeated. is like, it's, it's like and you know even what? in higher versions. It's like, it's like you're still on your honeymoon, and then you met this really other fun couple. And yeah. It just like took off. And he'll still be undefeated after tonight. Yes, That's he will. That's the great thing. Yes, he will, no yes. matter what happens. So that right. is the end of housekeeping. Nice. Okay, so now we'll get into the uh, – we're just going to do some blurbs, I think is the right way to say that, about each team. Big, big East first, Big West uh, second. Just something I wanted to throw out first is I was thinking about this while listening to another podcast. Um, uh, spring football is, I think – a bigger deal to the players than maybe even some fans realize. Like really certainly there is a ton of coaching that happens in the fall. Don't get me wrong, especially like during camp. Once you get deep enough into camp though, like they want coaches want to get their two deeps set so they can start coaching up their two deeps and then start perfecting plays both defensively and offensively and stuff like that. In the spring, it's way more coaching, just flat out coaching each player, pulling a a guy out. So last year when there was no spring ball, it was, it was Ixnate. Okay. So I want to try to just quickly walk through people like with how to correlate this. This doesn't work for every, every single person's job, but my, my previous job, there was this gigantic uh, uh, sales uh, thing that we did every spring. Okay. It was actually middle of February that we did it. Um, So my first year with the company, I mean, I was still pretty green and understanding and I had to present at this thing in Mm. front of the whole company. Okay. Okay. Um, So I didn't even know what the event looked like. You know, I, I, I couldn't picture what, what what did what how was the crowd set up like sure. i don't know about you when you talk in front of a group of people like you 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 wonder about those things sure didn't know the you hotel you want to know every detail right all that stuff so i was it was nerve-wracking that first time through until you got through it the second and third year i did it and it, it yeah. started to become old hat also i was more comfortable in my role in my position that is very comparable me to me to what these players go through 
you know, when you get to Iowa, that, that first fall, you get sure. typically a camp. It's, you know, it's, it's, you kind of get a little thing. And then obviously this, the, you know, the varsity comes in, all the older guys, all hell broke loose, <laughs> breaks loose for the younger guys. Then you got to go through the whole fall, you know, just getting through the season, learning what it is to be a college student. That first spring ball, again, you don't know what to expect. It is a completely and, different format than fall practice. Okay, but also keep in mind, there's a lot of early enrollees now. Okay. So you're, they're even greener than than normal. You're hitting, you're hitting exactly where I'm going. So, like, this is something that for younger football programs to have had taken away from them was probably oh, a yeah. bigger deal than people even understand, especially, again, if it was somebody that – well, was we, a younger quarterback that yeah. couldn't like that stuff was was huge and now and now you got you've got early enrollee type of guys that this is their first spring this would have been you know a crazy spring for them no matter what nothing changes there but now you've got guys that were like first day of of class or or typical summer guys they never got their spring last mm-hmm. year this is their first spring yep. along with other guys's first spring also guys that had their first spring that were ready to have their second spring, they got that ripped away. They're now two years removed sure. from their first spring. I hope I'm painting the picture. Yeah. This is that was a big, bigger interruption than I think people realize. Well, I think we stressed that for certain teams, for Michigan State, for Rutgers, for the ones with new coaches, how much that put them behind the eight ball for the season. Huge. Yeah. Like anybody that was anybody that was jumping down Michigan state's throat with stuff. Like, I, I mean, Mel Tucker was behind the eight ball and then put behind another correct one because of how lady was hired. And then, then the spring ball. So I tell you what, like the, the general like comments that I've gotten from, um, you know, from certain programs that I follow the closest, these coaches are ecstatic to have spring football back Probably to a certain degree, kids don't even the the players themselves don't even realize how much they actually need this spring. By the way, it makes it a safer sport. But, you know, what do I know? Um, And I don't think fans realized how much they needed spring ball. I mean, I read those reports out of Illini camp. The reporters get 15 minutes per practice and I just gobble it up. Gobble it up. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, I'm closest to the Iowa football program, but. You know, a couple coaches tweeted out as they were pulling into the stadium, there was already Iowa fans tailgating to get ready to go to this this little open practice is all it is. It's not even a spring game. And then multiple coaches have talked about, I mean, think about this. How crazy is this? right? And by the way, another thing I want to point out, the spring game and open practices, there is something about when people are there, dude, you, you... you make sure that the uniform's a little oh, bit yeah. cleaner, a little Absolutely. bit tighter. You're a little bit more focused. That is probably on steroids for these uh, uh, players that are getting in front of 8,000, 10,000, whatever the numbers are. People think about that. That's the biggest crowd some of these kids has ever played in That's for their point. first years. Like high school, maybe a little bit, but yeah. they, like a freshman that played last year, they never played in front of a crowd at all that's a good point that's a good point like getting in front of these eight thousand uh people stadiums for these spring games dude those kids are juiced and i can't wait to see it well not caught a little bit with ohio state on saturday yeah not to mention being on tv for some of these games huge yeah i mean they're on national tv for the first time a lot of these guys yep and from that 
comes mental mistakes that you maybe wouldn't make before, and then you get more coaching out of it. So great, great call to uh, uh, have fans in the stands. So well, I woke up today, man, and I just felt different. Yeah, because it was game. There's day. something to look forward to. That's right. On a Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm all geared up. I've been wearing my Alina gear Love all it. day. Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, let's start it off. Okay, we're going to start with the Big uh, Big Ten East. Start with, uh, we're going to do them in order that they finished last right. year. So you start out Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State. Did you watch the game on Saturday? I did. Not the entire thing. Yeah, kind of. I mean, but I wanted to get a, a feel. I guess I'd be lying if I said I sat there and really watched it. Was on it was on while I was present in the room some of the time. Very much. You know, it, watching their spring games is just different than watching everyone else's spring games. Yeah. I mean, they really it's pop how I off. would picture an NFL training camp to look. They just pop off the screen. Dude, like, okay. So the first thing that I kind of was looking for was one area that I thought they needed to improve on and one area that I've been hearing so much about. So the first area that I thought they needed to improve on was front seven and athleticism and getting pressure. It looked better to me. Jack Sawyer. Wow. Number four overall recruit in the country. He looks like reason. he's pretty good. He, he he's going to be starting right and then you got Harrison back and like dude it's that probably was what they were mostly missing now Alabama was maybe just head and shoulders above everybody but tweak it with a Chase Young last year and I'm not saying he's going to be Chase Young but if he's if he's 88 percent of Chase Young let's or if he's one of the Bosa's that too okay and then the other thing obviously is the quarterback position because you're Losing that one, they look like they at least got two really good options right there. Okay, I'm gonna. I know who my two are. Who do you think? Well, I was gonna two? say Stroud, and then uh, what's the other McCord one. Uh, McCord's I, the other one. I, yeah. I thought I went into it mostly wanting to see a Cal or, or a CJ Stroud because it seems like he's the fan favorite. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's. I guess that's probably, probably fair. Yeah, but he's the younger of the two, right? No, uh, McCord's oh, is, younger. I'm sorry. Yeah, McCord's younger. But dude, McCord looked good too. They both look great. They looked fantastic. And I'm not going to say that Sawyer looked bad. Uh, Jack Sawyer or Jack Miller? You mean? Oh, I'm sorry, Jack Miller. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, Jack Miller looked good too. I'm, he looked sure pretty Jack, good. I'm sure Jack Miller would probably do well uh, in a quarterback competition in most most other schools. He might finish third in this one. And part of the reason that any quarterback looks good is throwing to these receivers. Like, oh, Lord. I know Twitter and, and national media and everybody talks about these receivers nonstop, but they're that freaking good. I mean, good. There, was, there was at least a couple catches in that game that I noticed that were uh, unbelievable. All-American-type catches. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jigba Smith had a great one. Yep. And one of the Marvin others, Harrison Jr. Jr. had a good yeah. yeah. I mean, Dude, they just look good. It, we've been talking about on the recruiting episodes. We knew they were reloading at wide receiver. They're, I mean, they just they look like they're still just going to be throwing it all over the field. And why would you stop them? Um, it'll be interesting with either uh, Stroud, McCord, maybe Miller. Um, uh, they mixed in so much of the run game out of the quarterback position the last two years with Justin Fields. I don't think we're going to have quite as much of no. that option. So that's maybe back to the Dwayne Haskins stuff. I think that's what Ryan Day is going for. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what he yeah. wants. Um, and I think if you're going to do that, you know, you want more defensive pop. Still a little bit of questions in the secondary. Seven Morris was out. Yeah, but, that's what I... But I, I tell you, you know, you know what helps out a secondary? A pass rush. So Good point. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And it's not like they haven't been recruiting back there either. No. All right, moving on to the Indiana Hoosiers. I would say my biggest feel from the Hoosiers is the good vibes are still vibing 
in in Hoosier land. Um, you know, the cutups from uh, um, practice, everybody still loves the head coach. I mean, the good vibes are there. Have you noticed how much offseason love there is for Tom Allen in oh, general? Absolutely. It's all it, it's maybe even getting a touch overboard. I think it is getting. A yeah. Touch are overboard. we are we getting there? I think so. It's starting to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm annoyed by it, but you could see it reaching that level before too long. Correct. Um, you know, truth be told, our, our reach into the Indiana football program, it, it's they're just is Indiana football isn't to the point yet where uh, Twitter is is exploding about Indiana football stuff right now. And strangely, the IU fan base still prefers to talk about basketball. Yeah. Before I mean, football. I don't understand that right now. We're, we're, we're just speaking on facts here. Now, the general feeling, though, that I get from the stuff that I've tried to dig into the the you know again the the basics of the football program they're still there like i i have confidence that the defense will look as good if not better than last year yeah i don't know they're, about better but they still got taiwan mullen coming back they right. still got reese taylor coming back uh mike mcfadden's gonna be back this they've year. mixed around who they've lost and who they've kept at all three yeah. levels to the point where i expect the defense to look a lot like last year i mean jamar johnson's gone that one will hurt but, yep but they've been recruiting well they coach excellent on that side of the football I expect they'll be fine. And I think that's part of why you haven't heard much from the defense. On the offensive side of the ball, again, I think they can be good. It's all depending on, like, my thing is, like, what gauge of bubble tape are they wrapping around Michael Penix Jr.? Yeah. Because I, the stat that I can't get out of my head is the stats with Penix Jr. throwing the ball and him out of the game. Like, it literally shut off as soon as he got hurt late in the season. His health is paramount. That is the number one thing, but they have got to get some depth behind Penix. We have to see how that's going to go yeah, because it wasn't pretty with Tuttle last year. No. And, and because Penix has, he doesn't stay healthy. So no, I mean, those are kind of one a and one B, but everything else you feel pretty confident about with Indiana. Yeah. I just wonder how healthy Penix is even going to be at the start of the year. I mean, he got, he got injured deep into the season last year. Correct. And it's another ACL. So, and we're not hearing much out of that. No. So I'm sure that'll be something we hear as you know, the, the season uh, progresses once we get into August, but that is, that is the number one, two, three, and four thing that yeah. is most important. In yeah. Indiana. But you know, I'd like to see a little more, I suppose from the run blocking, but nice stable running back still back. That could there. be good. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that brings us to the third-place team. Yes, the third-place team. By the way, people would talk, you would think they were the eighth-place team in the division. The Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, you know, a lot of what you hear, like the – the so uh, shout-out to our boy, MJ Perk. Um, it Like uh, uh, what I've read through Twitter, what he's provided to us, it seems like the defense has got a lot of athletes that are ready to go. It sounds like they're loaded at linebacker. Uh, Kobe King, linebacker, looks really good as a freshman. Also, his brother, Kalen King, defensive back, sounds like he's having a hell of a spring. Like uh, like to the point where the coaches are talking about Kalen King like... Well, they were talking about him like like he was the second coming. Yes. And then they played the spring game and he had two interceptions. And he looked as that good in yeah. the spring game. And so. Franklin said that he... 
he he thought he, before that he thought he was the best looking freshman that he had recruited yet. Like I think he said the most developed freshman we've ever had on yeah. campus at that age. Like the most dude, ready to go. Do you know how many athletes that dude has seen on I know. That campus? Right. So that's saying no Vanderbilt out just talking about Correct. Penn State. Like Micah Parsons, for instance. No kidding. Yeah. Like that's insane. So I mean, I get the feel that the defense took it it kept getting better and better. Yeah. Last year, I'd also like to throw out the kind of, you know, bad feelings you got from the defense. Number one, the first, ga- uh, the first game was against an Indiana offense that even me and you probably weren't given as much credit to it as sure. we could have. The second game was versus Ohio State, one of the best offenses, you know, in the country. Okay, the next game versus Maryland, I think a big part of that was just want to. You know, there was a of lack course. of want to. After that... The defense really kind of rebounded, and it looked a lot more like what a Penn State defense typically looks like. I think you can take that same thought process and ratchet it up another level heading into this year. And rolling that onto the offensive side of the ball, typical running back room from Penn State. It's freaking loaded again. Noah Kane coming off injury. Kevon Lee had a good season last year. They have a Baylor TP here in John Lovett, Devin Ford, Keziah Holmes, just a bevy of running backs. Another one I'd like to see a little more out of the offensive line. Speaking yes. of offensive line, uh, Landon Tengwell, a freshman. Have you seen this guy? Huge. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, he he's one of those not huge fat linemen. No. He's few, huge, and he looks like like yeah. like a bodybuilder. He, yeah. It's impressive, dude. I swear, <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, Ohio State has amazing performing athletes, but Penn State has athletes that look better in their uniform. I can't explain it, but that's – what Penn state's had for years. Hmm, and that's interesting. <laughs> it's yeah, a thing that may be a thing. One thing I want to point out since you talked on the rushing another, like, okay, we've talked about their defense special teams, by the way, typically pretty good last six games of the year last year. Mm. Okay. Again, kind of getting past the first at the beginning of the season, they finished with just short of 200 yards rushing per game. The last six years. Okay. Or the last six games. Okay. That was it, so. Just taking those six games, that's good for. That would have been thirtieth in the country for okay. rushing. You take Iowa out of that six, it, it, they would have been eleventh in the country wow. in rushing the past okay. five games. That's that's they were running the ball at a hellacious huh. clip. Very good. So they got a defense. The rushing attack we think is going to yeah. be back. The special teams, quarterback, dude. Like I, I just don't have a ton of faith in Sean Clifford. I don't think uh, Penn State fans do too. Every every fan base pins their hopes and dreams on somebody. There's always a hopes and dreams person that you pin it on. Right now, it's quarterback Tyquan Robertson. Nobody really knows. The general thought process is he is pushing Clifford pretty hard. Sounds like it. I think if you're a Penn State fan, that's probably music to your ears. I mean, the worst thing say. it can do is it can light a fire under Sean Clifford's ass. Right, which... So in both cases, which good thing really for Penn State. Will Levis wasn't able to do last year. So okay. and and Roberson, by the way, looks like I mean, he looks like an athlete yes. at quarterback. Yes. And he, maybe it's just a situation where, you know, maybe his touchdown to interception ratio is just like 14 and five. But if he can add eight more rushing, yeah. you know, on the on the ground, I don't know, something like that. I'm making these numbers up off the top of my head, but something a little bit more explosive out of the offense. Next up was the Maryland Terrapins. I guess my question here is, can they stay healthy? Yeah. And well, can it's... they can they can they build depth? Because 
you would have thought there would have been more depth by the end of the year because of all the injuries, but it sure seems like a guy or two goes missing on this team and kind of all hell breaks loose. Um, Topsy-turvy year for Maryland last year. I don't know. That's something that you're looking at for Maryland. Yeah, I guess I'm looking specifically at the interiors. Can they get it together on the interior? Because they do have a ton of talent everywhere else, pretty much. Like, I was reading Inside Maryland Sports. They they think this is the deepest cornerback they, room they've seen yeah. in a number of years. Their wide receiver group, Dante Demas, is playing great this spring. Of course, they got the Jarrett kid that was a freshman last year and, and, and showed out. Taulia Tagovailoa. I mean, they got they got talent, absolutely. Right? And they bring in a five star linebacker. There's all you know. They've been he's been stacking talent, but what is the interior going to look? Hundred percent. Because if you don't have that, none of it matters. Correct. It's almost like they're built the exact opposite from what an Iowa team. They're typically built outside is. in, basically. Yeah, and, and Iowa's usually inside out. Like if they could just get a, a touch of that, and I think a lot of it is just. Keeping the same dudes in there, especially along the offensive line, healthy and getting reps. Because, yep. again, you go back to if when when uh, Tulia looked comfortable, he, he looked good. He did. Last year. Right. But he's got to stay healthy, too, by Correct. the way. I mean, some, some one kind of wonders if just that is the number one thing with Maryland. I haven't heard anything about the running back room, either. I'm just curious what they do after losing Jake Funk. Yep. So, okay. we'll see. Next up is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, they are kind of one year in front of the Illinois Fighting Illini. Um, tons of buzz that came in sure. when Shiano came in. He grew on the buzz last year from how the team looked like Boy, on the field. Impressive. Tons of people have transferred in. They're- yeah, a lot more transfers. Getting more transfer help. You got a ton last year, more this year. Uh, I'm. I think overall the thing I'm most curious about is – what kind of roster growth from last year to this year? Because we yeah. saw a huge jump from the previous year to last year. Can you continue on that? Are we going to see more? And I'm and again, I mean, it's you can say this about any team, but the quarterback. If they if they can get a decent quarterback, this could be a solid team, a team that everyone has to really take seriously. Okay, so Art's gone. Art's gone. Johnny Langdon is not. He's the just answer. a gadget guy. Okay, he's not the answer. Noah Vedrill's. Is he's, he super senior? Is he, is no, he, he'll be back. Okay. But he's just, he's okay. And he's hes being challenged by this guy, Evan Simon, but, but a younger guy. But one thing I would throw at you, okay, with Noah Vedral, he didn't get a lot of time with his teammates and in the playbook Yeah, that's a good because point. Because it's spring. So, I don't know. That's another person where going through the fall in the spring, maybe he showed, like, I don't, like, Noah Vedral is, is not your... Your, your guy that you ever thought was going to be the person that was going to take Rutgers into the next phase. He, he was going to bridge the gap yeah. into the next phase. I, I still think he could be, I don't know. I seem to like Vedral a little bit more than you. I think, I think he could so. be okay. I, I just, I get a, a kind of a Sean Clifford feeling from Noah Vedral. Okay. That's my whole point. You're trying to tell me that if, if Rutgers didn't, if they ha- had a transfer notice from Sean Clifford to come in, they wouldn't take a look at him? No, they would take a look okay. at Sean Clifford. Okay. And I'm not saying that Noah Vedrill is as talented as Sean Clifford. I'm just, I just, he's eh. Yes, definitely. I think that eh is good enough to get to potentially a bowl game. I don't know. That'd be tough. I think they need Close. a little more. I think they need more to get to a bowl game. I okay. guess that, I guess that's my point is they're still looking at transfers, by the way, for at the quarterback position. So if they can get a solid transfer who elevates from Noah, 
then I could start thinking about a bowl game. Well, the way I understand it, I don't got this thing down to a science, but just from kind of reading through the tea leaves on Twitter, there, there's not just 15 pretty no, darn not. good quarterbacks hanging there's out not. the transfer portal Correct. right now. Like most of the I think it's slim one, pickings. It's actually. very slim yes. pickings right now. So, And oh. by the way, the row pushed back their practice by three weeks, so they're just getting started this week with practice. Crazy. So I'm not even sure how you're going to fit all that in, even before like the May 1st deadline you because – you won't. No, it's not going to happen. It's not Shiano's fault. It's not the coach's fault. What are they supposed to do? Because ideally, you want that done before that May first deadline. If that, yeah. if that's a deadline this year, right? Which I don't. I guess I don't know. I think that's it's going the, to be yes. Okay. I think it's effective immediately. Well, good luck with that. Next up, we have got the Michigan Wolverines. Oh boy. Um. Well, here's the good news. Okay. They got a Heisman contender at quarterback. We just don't <laughs> know his name. What do you mean, don't know his name? Well, who, we don't even know who their starter is. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I thought it was a, I thought that was the typical nod to whoever is the new quarterback on campus. It is. Yeah. So but we just don't know who the quarterback is. Well, we, we believe it to be JJ McCarthy. Obviously. I don't know that. I don't think so. Okay. okay. If, if Michigan goes 10 and two next year. Okay. And, and has an explosion and it looks a lot better and, and it's because of quarterback play the hands-on favorite of that quarterback is going to be J.J. That's McCarthy. fine. So you think this is kind of a, a throwaway year? Uh, no, that's well, not Well, like a I... start over, like a rebuilding year. Because <laughs> wow. he's a true freshman. I understand. I understand. We have seen it – is, it's different now than it used to be. True freshmen have a much more plausible chance to come in to even a Power 5 program like Michigan and look good from the start, correct? These yes. kids are These kids are more ready to do that. Um, so – I have seen some throws, you know, from J.J. McCarthy. Okay. They, they have looked good, okay. you know. Okay. Um, I joked, you know, I saw Michigan fans going nuts on one of his throws. Um, yeah. And they were like, and then they were chewing up the defensive back that got burned on the play. And I'm like, you know who else gets burned in on a, uh, on a play for defensive backs? Any defensive back that plays enough spring ball and has enough reps, because eventually, sure. like most of these drills are literally just set up, you know, for deep passing, throw game, whatever. Okay, he has looked good. With that being said, the general feeling that I get from the Michigan football program is it's that dog sitting in the room on fire, you know, sipping the coffee. Oh, yeah. This is fine. That's I know that's what I get right now. Right, and you're not even hearing the normal. You know, I think this is a dark horse to win the East. I think they could really compete in the East. I haven't heard that once. I, even Michigan fans seem to be tapping that down. I mean, Colin Coward hasn't even said it yet. <laughs> Coaches are leaving. Recruiting coordinator. Joe Milton, leaving. by the way, to Tennessee. Did you hear that one? No. Yeah, he just Boy. committed. I know, poor guy. <laughs> I've had enough of this frying pan. I'm jumping right to the fire, baby. I mean, he thought it was bad in Ann Arbor. Jeez. I'm never going to like let him be my financial advisor or any whatever road, you know, whatever path he takes uh, after his college days are done, football days are done. But yeah, dude, it's just it does not look good in Michigan right because of that. I don't see a ton of info coming out of Michigan. No, I've reached really out don't. to Michigan people via DM. They don't know. They don't, they don't want. Care. They don't want to respond. Like, and I'm still gonna say I just I haven't seen a playmaker out of that program in years. Yeah, on offense, they're consistently at least. Nope. Flashes, but not consistently. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. They're, yeah. Okay. But I just want to see, hey, what, what, what happened to the Desmond Howards? Right. Where is that guy? Those guys like, used to be good. They used to have good players. But why don't they have one guy that Ohio State has? Dude, or or um, Penn State? I, 
dude, I'm telling you, it comes down to consistency at the quarterback play. I think it's more than that. You can't tell, you cannot tell me with these recruiting classes they put together that there hasn't been enough talent. Like if you took two or three guys off of Michigan's roster and put them on name, a successful college football program that none of those guys would have cracked the two deep and made well, plays. Of course they would look at who's, who's producing the NFL. They don't have a, a big time NFL receiver from the past handful of years or yeah. running back. It's been too long or yeah. tight end. Really? No, it's been too long. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Again, I, I, I just one. It comes back to it comes back to quarterback play, offensive style. I think it comes stuff. back to recruiting and identifying talent too. I really a do. lot of a lot of what I've read is just um, Jim Harbaugh's complete inability to focus on the right talent to bring in, and that's in twofold: the players and the coaches. I think he's a star effort. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you're not going to get an argument for me. Like I bet I don't even know I I really don't even think many Michigan fans would would deny that at this point. I bet you if you sat in the recruiting war room at Ohio State, Ryan Day's like they can take that guy. We don't want him. They can have him too. You know it'd what? They can have him too. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now, and I just said even Michigan fans would under would understand that right now. I think our Michigan State uh, insider. Dougie would probably just rolled over in his grave, even though he's perfectly alive. But anyways, Dougie Tutter at MSU Tutter Doug. He's our Michigan State guy. Um, basically, what you're looking at here is just do things, you know, do they start to get their poop in a group yeah. way more than they were had the ability to do it last year? I, I think you, you do. I think you will see that. They are bringing, you know, I know Rutgers has done it. They're bringing whoever they can possibly bring in from the transfer portal so, at this point. First of all, they're bleeding like crazy into the portal, but they're getting a lot back out of the portal, too. So you're going to see a lot of new names out there next year. Correct. T- tremendous amount of new names, including maybe at quarterback, where Peyton Thorne is really battling with Anthony Rousseau, the Temple tp Yeah, another good uh, Temple uh, transfer person. Um, the other one we didn't talk about before was defensive end. Arnold Ibaketti with Penn State. So we got another uh, um, Temple guy. You know, I felt good about the quarterback position uh, at the end of last I year too. with Peyton Thorne. I thought so. Um, but they probably need some depth. I understand that. Um, my general thought process is this is a little bit of playing with fire, bringing in the transfer. Like, if you sure. felt like you had a guy that you were confident in, which I – that's what I thought I saw. Out yeah, of but you Thorne. can't just have one. I understand that, and I understand competition is good. I just feel like they have like Mel Tucker right now is the proverbial you know Bugs Bunny cartoon. Every time he plugs a hole on one side, another one <laughs> sure. pops open. You know, like that, and that's again, that's not his fault. No. I think I've been no. you know try to be a Mel Tucker you know uh, fan advocate since the beginning, but that's where he's at right now. If you felt like you had your leader at quarterback, I don't know, like. Just don't screw that up, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want is for Peyton to have maybe a bad spring and suddenly he's second in the depth chart, and whoops-a-daisy. He's gone. He's gone. And then it's got to be Anthony Russo at that point. And if Anthony Russo is indeed battling with him, that I feel like that must mean they're getting pretty good quarterback play out of the both of them. But outside of that, we need we need a running back. Uh, I've heard Kenneth Walker again. Well, yeah, they so- it sounds like they do have some guys okay. that are playing pretty well. All right. Yep. Let's just focus on that because we felt like they had wide receiver. Pop. I love their wide receivers. Yeah. I think they're great. Yeah. I don't know. 
I and then again, like maybe it's just the last 10, 15 years. It's hard for me to ever picture Michigan State having a bad defense, but as long as they can be middle of the pack in the Big Ten and you believe you get quarterback play that looks a lot like the quarterback play towards the end of the year. I'm not I don't think it's crazy to say this team could make a bowl game. No, it's not crazy at all. Need a little bit better play from that offensive line, but they're getting some help with another TP here. Jarrett Horst is another guy that that our guy uh, Dougie Tutter likes at the offensive tackle said he's looking great. He could even be a starter. Okay. So, all right. Got some help there. He's I, plugging I, a hole. I think there's as good a, good of a reason to be um happy about Michigan State if you're a Michigan State fan that you've had in quite some time. I mean, it's going to be better than last year. It should be better than I last year. I think so. Yep. All right. That gets us to the Big Ten West. And the West was won last year by the Northwestern Wildcats. So we will start there. Uh, shout out to Chappie at champion underscore lit. Not only does he write books, he even writes up little blurbs for us so we can talk more intelligently on these teams, except that. There's not ever that much to talk about because Fitzy, he's got one of the, the the tighter lids on the program of anybody that's out there. Well, that's true, but I think there is a lot to talk about this year. Yeah. Well, just think about the defensive turnover. Absolutely. No, don't get me wrong. Like, the, we are essentially going off of assumptions and guesses, educated guesses with this. Completely new linebacker crew. Well, New, Bergen's going to be Ber- back. Bergen's back, yeah. right. So, But two of their, you know, stalwarts that have been there Correct. forever. They send a uh, they're sending a guy to probably the first round, if not early second round, out of their cornerbacks. But both cornerbacks are new as I well. Saw, saw, I saw a stat in his last two seasons: four hundred ninety-one snaps, uh, uh, passing snaps that he played. One touchdown he gave up. Really, four hundred ninety-one passing snaps. I mean, he had the most quiet, stellar career of anybody. <laughs> you could ever think of to play the position. And then he ripped off he, the four, three, whatever 40. It kind of did, day. but boy, towards the end of the year. And then especially in that Ohio state game, Greg Newsom, we're talking about yep. mercy. He yeah. looked good at the end of the year. He, he made himself a ton of money that day. I mean, I, I really like Taiwan Mullen from Indiana, but I think by the end of the year, I think Newsom was the best quarterback oh, in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Wow. So, you know, one would think that would leave a big, you know, empty foot, you know, but like, no, know. you can't think I, that you can't ever think that. Like, I mean, the same with the linebackers. So the names of Chappie is running uh, to us for the replacements are uh, Khaled Jones and Peter McIntyre. I, I, sound I, like Northwestern linebackers. <laughs> don't they? You know, it sounds like guys are going to average, Oh, about 12 to 14 tackles a game right. coming up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the biggest compliment you can give. I mean, especially at the linebacker position, pretty much all across the defense. Fitzy's got his hands all over it. You know, new defensive coordinator. We know that. Sure. I, I so I, the, but that's a lot of stuff you can't. It is ignore. a lot of stuff. You cannot ignore you, all of that. And and I will I'm not gonna say they're not gonna be a good team this year, but I will say they they have to take a step back on defense. I see I'm not as convinced. When I say step back, okay, when I, when I think of a step back, I think of a noticeable difference in from one to the other. But like, they were like a top, what, five-ish defense last year? Okay. I could see them being like a top 25 defense okay. this year. Okay, that is a step back, but, you know, 
not a gigantic setback where it's like, no, it's not. Northwestern doesn't have a very good defense. They're going to have a good defense. Yes. Okay. Switching over to the offense. I felt like uh, they had a good rushing attack towards the end of the year. Cam Porter, Evan Hole. I mean, they kind of took over the reins at running back and Chappie agrees here. Yeah. And, and they seem to like those guys and, they're they're not the flashiest guys, but no. they're they're gonna get same. It's typical Northwestern, you know. Yeah. They're not that flashy, but they watch, get we it. We have to watch done. saying that, but 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 I'm not saying they're not gonna win. No, I'm just saying it's not gonna be with a bunch of flash. No, and I want to go to Tyler Holinsky, yeah, the quarterbacks. That's a big thing to fill too. Huge, and I know they do well at that position usually. Yes, but they they. What if they don't hit on him? What if he doesn't hit? You know, I was going off. I'm going off of a a completely different podcast I listened to that basically said we are, we are all cheering for Helinski, obviously, of course, for you know things that have gone down. Um, but you know, trying to look at this as more of just you know talent, and I, they're not extremely high on Helinski is what this podcast was saying. This is more of a, you know, in the know for the PAC 12 type of deal. And then you got the competition is Andrew Marty. Okay. Like, yeah, this is the Northwestern season to me. I've got mm-hmm. more confidence so. now at their offensive line. Their pass catchers are, they're fine. They're I think they're getting better. They're too. getting better. I mean, definitely better. They're than, adding more talent there. They have been. But it's unproven, and then typically what's going to make unproven uh, uh, pass catchers pop is the quarterback. Again, I know that the quarterback is the most important position on the field for every football team. I just kind of wonder if there's more resting on specifically Hel- Helsinki, uh, Helinski, excuse me, being the guy that all of a sudden they had last year, the plug-and-play. If he's not, and then we have to uh, uh, rely on Andrew Marty or any of those quarterbacks that looked awful when given the chance over yeah. the past two years, that's where the Northwestern season is, Correct. is at right there. I mean, I think it comes down to the quarterback. Because, look, they're going to be good on defense. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much that. They're going to be good. So and it's I think not they'll like run the ball fine. And they'll run the ball fine, and they will win a lot of games. Just will they, will they compete in the West is going to come down to the quarterback position. Bingo. All right, second place last year was the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, okay, so I feel like I've, I've been surprised. No, I shouldn't be surprised. This just happens all the time. But a lot of people talk about, oh, man, how are they going to replace all those guys They'll be fine. on the D-line? Okay, I, I, I remain pretty adamant about that. And the, the general thought process of the first eyeballs on the defensive line They'll be fine. They look pretty darn good is what I kind of see. And that's with uh, that's with YA Black being out. YA Black is a name that probably most Big Ten fans don't know, but he is somebody that's turned a lot of heads. We didn't get the eyeballs on him. But Zach Van Valkenburg was Love that as, guy last as year. good as what he was last year. He showed out, and I'm not going to name them all, but basically a lot of the names that Iowa fans have been looking for on the D-line, they're, they're there. So – Offensive side of the ball, and, and by the way, the linebackers are pretty much what they were last year. The secondary was They'll what be they fine. Were. The defense looks good. Um, defensive backs will be fine. So then, switching over to the other side, um, a lot of influx with the offensive line. They'll be fine. <laughs> so then, really, the interesting stuff comes down to and offensive to, playmakers. That's it's offensive playmakers. About. So like um, Petrus has to take a step forward if yep, they want to come to the West. Big step forward. Yep. We've been more consistent. He showed at times he can be a good quarterback. I mean, that's the thing that I just, every Iowa fan I would, that's trying to do somewhat of, of a honest take on it is we, we all got frustrated at the quarterback play last year, 
But he did win six Big Ten games in a row. Like, yeah, it just that, wasn't – it didn't look great all the time. No, but it did look – like, it was like um, – game increments it was bad right at the beginning the middle of the season was up and down okay he looked pretty good looked by pretty the good. end of the year and i should say they do have wide receivers um they lost amir smith marset that was yep. obviously the best one yeah but they, I, I actually really liked their depth at wide receiver last it's year. not bad uh tyrone tracy thank you for sticking around i mean didn't That's get a, a lot one. of balls thrown at him last year Everything he that will. I've heard is that he is definitely the leader of the receiving core, and he's making plays on top of it, which he's done at times in his career. You know me. You know that I don't try. I try not to get my hopes up too much from players that I've never seen actually, you know, w- w- play live football on my television screen or in front of me. But I think freshman Keegan Johnson okay. is he's got he has officially got my hopes up. I, okay. I as much Great. as I tried to fight it. Um, so yeah, the, I, the coaches aren't really fighting it because the fans okay. have heard it and it's the, the, the news has leaked out. They haven't, the Iowa coaches just don't go out and say it, but like Kelton Copeland, the wide receiver coach was like, the things you've heard about some of the younger players are true. And he specifically singled out Keegan Johnson. Well, and we had some good running back play last year too. Correct. And by the way, tight end, they'll be fine. Sam Laporta going to be good. There's depth behind him. So really it's, it's Petrus, which is what we said last year. And then Alex Padilla is the backup. I am not anti-Alex Padilla. Okay. Shorter, maybe not quite as much of an arm. He's a little more mobile than I anticipated. Way more mobile. Yeah. Okay. 2002, mobile quarterback. Yeah. 2004, more mobile quarterback. Oh, yeah, Drew Tate, right? In the pocket. Is that Drew Tate? Yeah. 2009, not so much, but... Uh, with and then CJ Beathard was healthy. He yes. was actually pretty mobile. No, I don't know. I was, so you're pretty it, excited. I'm getting. I'm. I'm. I'm sensing some excitement I, I, here. Like I don't know what's going on. I don't like the backup quarterback talk. That's low hanging fruit for stupid fans. I don't like talking about freshman receivers and running backs that are all world. But here I am. I don't know. I well, don't now know. that after we're talking about this, I could see, I can see Iowa winning the West. I mean, Stranger Things have obviously happened. I can see it. it wouldn't be my pick right now. It would take a good season by Petrus. Definitely, or whoever's playing quarterback, but yes. Okay, moving on to the Wisconsin Badgers, another team just oh, horrible year last year. So bad. Third in the Big Ten West, won their bowl game. And what were they, with four and record. four in the regular season? Does that sound right? Yeah, and then, or... Uh, Three and three, and then three finish and four three. and three. Okay. That's what it was. That's right, because they finished over 500. Correct. Oh, my Lord. What a horrible, horrible season they had. Uh, got a lot of this from uh, Bucky's Fifth Quarter, uh, good Twitter follow podcast. So um, along with a couple other teams that we'll talk about, there have been a ton of injuries in, in, in Cheeseland. Just okay. a ton. So A lot of inflammation from all that cheese, probably. <laughs> perhaps, something like that. Um so this is my this is my thought process like all over the all over the uh, back seven and actually actually I think it's pretty much all three levels of the defense guys that played a lot last year guys that they were expected to be starters are have been out of spring either the whole spring or or in and out for me to sit and list all the front seven players maybe even go to the secondary again I bet you. I could interchange the guys sitting out and the ones playing and the ones playing with the ones sitting out. And most people wouldn't, you wouldn't even notice. And it's like, it, you know, like that linebacker machine that they have, they all come out looking the same. They do. Every one of them. So basically what I'm trying to get at here is here is this probably works out as an advantage for Wisconsin. Probably does. 
a lot of the guys that they've already learned are very good at playing Big Ten football are taking a rest. They're just building more depth on the defense this year. This is honestly, maybe maybe I'm just beaten down, but that's just what I think. Let's talk a little bit about the offense. They weren't as good defensively last year. No, that's true. Per, but they, per typical Badger, you know. Standard. Yeah, but think about how great they were the year before. Amazing. So I think we'll be closer to that next year. Maybe not quite that good, but the defense will be back. I got to say, I was not impressed with Graham Mertz overall last year. So that flips it over to the offense. Um, He's going to have to show me a lot. I, I definitely think that the Graham Mertz situation is is definitely, I mean, he it's his team. I mean, there is not, you know, like there's no, no talk team. of Danny Vanderboom or any of those guys. Like it's his, it's his program. Wolf is the Padilla. Of Wisconsin, though, because he's that's a little, fair. he was a little, he was a little more, more mobile than mobile. I realized he was. Correct. Yeah, that was interesting to see. But it's definitely Graham Mertz's team. But I just wasn't that impressed. Well, okay, maybe part of the reason that you weren't quite as rep- uh, impressed was Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis were beat up. Yeah. a ton of the season last year. Yeah, they're still beat up now. So now all eyes are on young wide receivers AJ Abbott and Isaiah Isaiah Green May. They apparently have been looking good. Okay. okay. They've got a pretty good running back on campus. You're talking about Jalen Berger. Yes. I mean, he he also looked he looked good. Okay. But he didn't look like the next Wisconsin running back to me. Okay. I I agree and disagree with you. Okay. Um Maybe I mean, I'm just spoiled watching Jonathan Taylor having played. I think it's years. unfair to, 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 to try to compare anybody to Jonathan Taylor. But like, you like- can, you can obviously Wisconsin can obviously win the big 10 West without having Jonathan Taylor as a running back. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So Jonathan, he's so burger is not going to be that, but basically burger was again, so new l- lack of any kind Good of point with no. Yeah. I mean, we're talking very little. Preparation I think they had to the spoon feed him plays going in. That's fair. Because they does, had to take they had to take him out all the time during passing downs. He had nothing yeah. to do in 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 uh, helping out his team because he physically looks the part. And when he was running the ball, to me, it did, he did start to improve at the end. Yes, of the yeah. like I so if you that was the lowest burger, you know that was a plain burger. We're gonna get a, a couple more fixins on the burger this right. year. So and I think it's going to look a lot better. By the way, how do you think their offensive line is gonna be? It's gonna be pretty good. So. There's a lot to like here. Tight end, pretty good. Yep, tight end's going to be good. If if their wide receivers can get depth, and then on top of it, what I would be looking for as a Badger fan is, again, either A.J. Abbott, Isaiah, Isaiah Green May, maybe somebody else. They've had talent that they've recruited in the last couple of years. Sure. If just one of those guys emerges as an actual threat, that would be huge That's for fair. Grand Mertz and the entire team. And that loosens up the running game. Correct. All right, next up, it goes to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, the insider would like to remain uh, anonymous. Okay. So he said, call me either Rick Orleans or Randy LaPuma. <laughs> I like Randy LaPuma. Let's go with Randy. So our insider is Randy LaPuma. Okay. Um, still Not a absolute you know, ton of info coming out of, of um, Dinkytown. 
here is my general thought process with this. Um, I, I don't know if this is, if I'm looking for this, I don't think I am, but the general pr- thought process I have is a lot of confidence around the Gopher football program. I've heard that too. Um, and that, that kind of comes from uh, what I'm reading. It's my own feel too. Okay. And I think well, the, if you I think a lot of it is just look at what happened to them last year and how just what a disaster it was, not all of their own, own making. I mean, just they had horrible Rona issues, probably the worst in the conference. And that just crushed them from game one game and one. they never recovered before from game it. one, before game, before one. game one. I mean, Falele okay, was now, out. Dunlap was right. out. Those guys are back. That's going to be huge for them. Falele looks like he's in great shape. Best shape he's ever the been in. Line does. Yes. Um, with all that being said, all that stuff that got thrown out. Okay, I've decided. By the way, I am retiring Boat Boy myself. Okay, I'm gonna go with Captain Quarters Up. That's how I'm gonna call PJ. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and I mean that mostly as a compliment because I love me some Quarters Up. You're so wearing a Quarters Up, literally, as we're recording this. Um, so you got to give Captain Quarters Up some credit here. How bad that could have been last year. It stayed together, okay? Yeah. Then there was a very, very bright spot to focus on, which is Mo Ibrahim and the running attack. Good point. Which is completely intact from last year. Correct. The quarterback is intact from, like, having a returning quarterback that's won a lot of games, even more so, in my mind, with that running attack, you just start with that. Yeah. You you have a chance to win the division Correct. right there. And ironically, the weak spot of the offense is going to be wide receiver. Which Captain Quarterzip loves to develop. And yeah. You he, have, they, you they have will confidence be in PJ and this staff. Absolutely. Like, it, like you, you, you're pretty sure that uh, Crab, as he's being called now, yes. he's in the number one role. He's going to be fine. Yeah. We're not looking at a stable of wide receivers that has to look like Ohio state. That's it doesn't have to look that good. No, two or really three doesn't. is all we're really yes. looking for here. I have. So right there, there is reason to be confidence, have confidence at every position in this offense. Pretty much. I mean, all you need from the wide receivers is someone that can consistently run that slant route. And the funny thing is, you know, we're, we quickly went over Tanner Morgan, but like, I mean, there's speaking of the backup quarterback and fans. I mean, Zach Anik said is still on, the, the roster, which the is amazing that, in and of itself. The fact that he has not transferred is incredible. And uh, uh, Jacob Clark, right? Yeah. Is another guy, everybody four star guy. And then they got another highly ranked guy coming in. This quarterback room is stacked. Cool. So then flipping over to the other side again. Mercy. Now this, well, not as pretty. Okay. Not as pretty. Uh, no doubt about that. I mean, one would think, you know, in most springs, the defense is ahead of the offense. This is either probably a stalemate or the offense is just flat out better. But um, I do think there was no doubt in my mind. I mean, you challenged me, but that defense looked better the last couple games of the year than it did the first. I mean, there's parts of that defense didn't even look similar to the first couple of weeks. Like we're talking linebackers that that were they could not find the ball running around in circles. They didn't know where to go. Correct. So I, I would say the position that. I'm most concerned about and the entire team is linebacker. Okay. That is the scariest thing for this team. And I mean, that's not a good thing for any big 10 team. You, you got to have good linebacker play, but I'm, I, I feel like by they had improved. So I, I feel like their improvement gives me hope that they'll be serviceable Correct. this year. Correct. So, you know, I don't like, I don't like talking, you know, too much about current players, but uh, MSM, we will call him. Um, 
maybe not the biggest fan favorite la- last year. There there seems to be some transfers in, a little bit better linebacker okay. play. But I really do think the defensive line, I, I don't know if I see, you know, like last year, Iowa had um, um, Van Valkenburg, but uh, especially Davion Nixon that just popped out. Sure. That, that was why that defensive line was so good. I don't know if I see any one of those guys on this defensive line, but I see like eight of them that are darn good. And oh, if, you think darn good? Darn good. I, I, okay. I feel like I wasn't going to give them that much credit. Okay. I, I feel like they were just serviceable. And I, there Last was no, year. But there's but no I'm, dude, I guess. No, no, no dude. I see no dude. Like they, the, they want Boye Mafe to be the dude. But he's, he's not he's dude never, yet. He's never took the dude step. And right. I feel like if he hasn't duded it up now, I don't think Probably he's going to dude it up this up. fall. So. He, he looks the part. He definitely looks the part. He yeah. looks good. Um, so tons of guys. I mean, Michael Dutreadway, we know. Um Shad Cheney card transfers from uh, Clemson and NC State and Pinckney and Martin. They've got a ton of guys that were not available last year or were there but still developing. It does make a difference. Again, sure. going back to the theme of how big of spring is, the um, Minnesota front seven maybe needs to have the biggest spring of any unit in the entire Big Ten West. Again, I'm just going off of kind of what I'm feeling. I don't think this is going to be an amazing front seven, but if it's just pretty good, that's yeah. eight. That could be eight wins right I, there. I I'm sensing that this team's going to have to score a lot of points to win a lot of football games. Okay. I agree with you, but if you're picturing the Minnesota defense to look like it did the first half of the season, oh, that's not going to happen. Okay. All no. right. It's going to look a lot better than that. Yeah. Still for concern- sure. Still, con- not- still concerned about special teams though. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's, there's not much there. I, I don't hear much out of the Minnesota special teams, probably because people don't want to talk about it that much. So, well, yeah, you, you certainly didn't want to talk about what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up with their win versus Rutgers, uh, the last game of the year, got the Nebraska Cornhuskers fifth in the division. Uh, insider, of course, Jim in Minnesota. So here's the breakdown. The wide receivers are amazing. Yes. It is the greatest wide receivers ever assembled. They're tall. They're big. They're, they're fast. They're they strong. Do. They can jump. They're athletic. Josh Welker and Randy great. Moss. And, yes. Yep. Great route running. Precise. Yep. And, Everything. Yes. They're amazing. Adrian Martinez. Never looked better. Different, completely different mechanics. Throwing motion. Cam Taylor Britt is going to play every position on the field. He might even play guard. Is from what left guard, from what I heard. Didn't Pete Rose do that in one baseball game? He played every single position. <laughs> All right, we're having I think fun it was here. Pete Rose. I think it could have been. We're having some fun here, but okay. I mean, I'm I'm the see. Iowa I feel fan. like they're the kind of the flip of of Minnesota. Okay. I feel like their their defense has been getting progressively better. Yep. They have a ton returning from last year's defense. Yes. I think they're going to be a pretty stout defense. Definitely. I'm just wondering what's going on in the offensive side of the ball. And you know what? We we will quickly shine over the defense because there's not much more to talk about. Just, because just it's look at the li- it's literally the same. It's the same thing. I think I heard a stat where it's something like 19 of the top 21 tacklers are back from the previous year. Okay, so like if you got four tackles, you're you're back as but, well. And again, but they've been progressing each yeah, year and getting so, better. So and and the point I'm trying to make is I think there's a reason why I haven't heard as much out of the defense sure. because even Nebraska Twitter is like we know what we got in the defense. We think it's going to be a lot like it was last year except a little bit better. I think it will they be. They can too. they can 100% uh expect to be 
a top 30 defense. And I don't think that's a, that's a crazy I don't think thought. that's a stretch at all. And I do think Cam Taylor Britt is like my best like compliment I can give to him is it's crazy. He didn't go pro. Cause I, I think he would have gotten drafted. He is the best player on that defense. He looked like a pro last year. Absolutely. So flipping over to the offense, the offense was, was noticeably bad last year. Yeah. Um, like shockingly bad than what you would have thought a Scott Frost offense to look like in his third year. I mean, I don't think that's, yeah. I mean, I th- he's definitely transitioning his philosophy from when he joined the big 10. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So talking about the wide receivers. Okay. Um, and they do, they are talented at the wide. They, have, they are, they have guys there. Right? Yes. Uh, but Juco, Juco them. transfer, Omar Manning, FCS transfer, Samari Toure, uh, Michigan and Iowa transfer Oliver Martin. There's a theme here that sure. I, I, the, the wide receiver coach on this team has, has deserved deservedly. So gotten heat. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only one that I can say that's been recruited in has looked good as Xavier Betts, And that's just been very short flashes. Correct. This has been a severely underperform underperforming. The, I guess that's the, the point. I, that's I'm I know they've got guys show out. Play, make plays. So Omar Manning went from the godchild to they didn't even think he was going to be on the team. He's back to godchild status now. Um, And I don't even think it's been like fantastic consistency. It's just been wild plays that he makes. Maybe the only thing he needs to do is make a wild play every now and then. Yeah, but we need more more guys making wild plays. I agree. I I would say so. uh, Um. Uh, Samari Torre is uh, the transfer in from FCS Wyoming, I think it is. But he's transitioning to a – he played outside, you know, at his previous spot. Okay. Now he's playing almost pri- primarily slot. I don't know what the thought process is behind that, but that's going to be interesting to see. Maybe it's because Oliver Martin and uh, um, Xavier Betts and Omar Manning have looked so good on the outside. That's where they want him to play to be more of the route catcher. That dude's like six four though. That's he's not oh your, interesting. Okay. He's not your typical and by six, the way, three, six, he's not your typical slot guy. It sounds like Oliver Martin is having a good spring. Correct. I want to talk about the tight end room because yep. they are loaded at tight end. Trap. Okay, but same deal, right? Like, well, they got to use them. Like, I guess what I don't think it's the tight end's fault. Like when the tight ends get the chance, they make plays. I I, I will agree with that, too. But I guess my whole thing is like also with the tight ends, that seems to just be solidified that they just think our tight ends are great. But we're still going off of potential because look at the stats last year catching the ball from the tight ends. They're not good stats. I blame it on Scott Frost. And the last guy we haven't talked about a little bit here. The. The quarterback, you get the trigger oh. man. Yeah, but okay. Maybe two AM's not uh, the the quarterback that I thought he was going to be because I really thought he was going to be fantastic. But when you throw it a seventy percent clip, you're doing something right. Yes. Um, did he throw a lot of downfield passes to get to no, that seventy percent? He didn't. Do you think most quarterbacks' percentage completion percentage would go up if they kept it under ten yards? Look yeah. at look at his stats on how many attempts he had okay. outside of ten yards. That's it, fair, it, and that's part, and obviously a part of that is the swing passes that Nebraska fans were pulling their hair out. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna increase your your uh, uh, completion percentage when that's literally half the passes you're throwing. Well, I, I, I'm gonna give some advice to him. Look for Travis Vokalek. Look for Austin. Allen, look yep. for Thomas Fedoni. Look yep. for the other freshman coming. I can't think of his name right now. They have so much talent. 
in that tight end. Room. I I do not disagree. I am not disagreeing with you. I guess as a proud Iowa fan, I'm gonna see have to see a little bit more before their quote unquote tight end. Yo, that was a that was a shot at Jim. Um, uh, with two a.m. Okay. I don't know. I got, again, I feel like I have to see that. It's just crazy that at one point Nebraska fans had written off 2 a.m. Yeah, they had. Year. They had. They're lucky that that dude stuck around for because sure. If he wasn't there, we are looking at two completely, you know, new faces that would be the uh, um, quarterback. And that's another thing too is every team needs depth. Right now, behind um, um, 2 a.m. We've got two freshmen or redshirt freshmen and true freshmen. Yep. That both have high recruit with um Smothers. Uh, Smothers and then Harkenberg or whatever the the third guy is has gotten rave reviews on his arm. Still have not fired a shot in competition and 2AM has been known to not stay healthy. Correct. Then the the glossed over situation and all this is the it, it, back room? It, I mean, it is great to have a great passing attack. If you are going to be Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama, you need those wide receivers in the passing attack. But the running attack is mm-hmm. it's pretty important too. I don't know. It just still seems to be And they're the walking the wounded back there, right? They now, are the walking wounded. From what wounded. I've heard. Yeah, we're down to a true freshman that has looked the best. Uh, Step came in from USC. Rumor has it that the treatment or surgery he got or didn't get at USC showed up once they had him on campus. Oh, boy. So he's been out all yeah, spring. Yeah, I know. I know. That's yeah. too bad. So Because I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think that would that would help their offensive a lot, having a, a power running back like that. Scott Frost kind of transitioning more to the power running game. They need him. And maybe just the general thought process is if the only thing we have to do is make the defense uh, – if we can influence the defense just with even five yards at a pop that they have to stay in and, and focus on the running game, then we toss it sure. up to the Frisbee catching dogs on the outside. Yep. All right, that moves us on to the Purdue Boilermakers. Got some information from Nolan at Boilermakers for ER. So not forever, for no, ER. For yeah. ER. For ER. I guess and by I the way, he changes his name every, I don't know, He's more often than I change yeah. my underwear probably. Um, <laughs> that, that was Big Kurt, Nolan, not me. So another team, defense uh, and team in general, dealing with in- injuries all over the place. And this is a defense that I cannot afford injuries. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is, you know, I'll just ask you this question. Have you heard much out of Purdue? No. Okay. It's been almost silent. The only thing I've really heard is Malik Carr is no longer there. Correct. That's Which, it. Which, by the way, they have a bevy of four-star receivers leave their program. Correct. Ahmad Anderson. You got, of course, Rondell Moore goes to the NFL. They still yeah. have David Bell. Uh, they lost is Milton Wright, right? Yep. He's he, still there. No, no, he's gone. Yeah. Milton Wright's gone. Oh. Another four-star guy. So Malik Carp. So one gone. thing I want to say is, you know, a lot of fanfare uh, when their last defensive coordinator came in, in uh, our guy. Last year. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're talking about Bobby Disco. I mean, who would have, who could have ever seen it coming that Bobby Disco was going to be a horrible hire? And then, it, I mean, I don't think we predicted it, did we? <laughs> did we? Maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. Anyways, to um, maybe they've learned from their thought process a little bit to keep things under the hat a little bit with defensive coordinator and just general news. So this was the this was the quote that I got from Nolan. I thought it was good. Brom really hasn't said a ton, which either means things had gone great. Or we're about to tank again. That is a... I had the exact same thought going mm-hmm. through my head 
seeing a Purdue fan that follows the program as, as much as he does come up with the same thought process. Interesting. I, I mean, and then the thing is, is Bell and Karlaftis were, were out. Can you imagine watching this Purdue football team oh, without Bell and Carl? Now they were out with injuries. They are planning to be back. Don't get me wrong, but like that's the team that they were practicing with. And basically what I heard is the quarterbacks did look good, which yeah, the, you expect. They're always going to look solid, but they also don't have a great quarterback. Not know? not a quarterback that I think needs to be as good as he has to be to overcome the lack of running game in just all phases of defense. We're not real high on Purdue. They're not, not giving us anything so to be high on. When they ha- when they have the ball, they're going to be the fighting David Bells. When they don't have the ball, they're going to be the fighting George Carlottises. And if those guys can't make the plays by themselves, they're in trouble. And if either of those guys go out with injury, Lord have mercy. Oh, Yeah, I don't know. If anybody's got any good news for Purdue, let me know. Maybe I'd they be. got a bunch of guys coming in from the TP. Could be. Maybe haven't heard guys it, that just haven't developed yet. Yeah, you haven't heard of it. I hadn't heard it. Nolan hasn't heard it either. But we'll, we'll keep we'll keep our ear to the ground. Good luck, Purdue fans. Last but certainly not least, the Illinois Fighting Illini insider with Kurt at Big Kurt B one G K U R T. Good guy. So, can I can I start with this? I got bullets Go for on it, what man. I'm excited to see tonight. Okay, can we do it like that? Yeah, let's and then let's obviously hear. just add on first bullet style. Will it look Wisconsin-ish right from the get-go tonight? My answer, yes. I believe it will. Okay. It will look – and that's going to be interesting because they did not recruit to that, especially on the offensive line. But from what I'm hearing is the staff does like the offensive line they've inherited. And I guess the good news all over is they've got more super seniors back than anybody in the entire country. Correct. That's probably the the biggest positive you can say about this team. Maybe the other one being – I think we're going to see a much more crisp team come the fall. I think so. A better coach team. A literally team. just better well-coached team. It's just going to look I mean, a little. We talked about how many starters are back on the Nebraska defense. You literally could apply that over the entire Illinois football team. It's the whole team. I mean, it's really, they lose <laughs> like Josh Bebe. They lost Kendrick Green. They lost Nate Hobbs. That's it. Those are big losses. Those are big losses. That's just three over, Correct. you know, 22 spots total. I mean, the. The entire defensive line returning intact. Now the linebackers got super dinged up, so right. they, so they they're, they're that means they got experience, even more experience coming back. Correct. So they got basically all the linebackers coming back again. Nate Hot, and then they're bringing in some some additional transfers. Right. There. There's this uh, C.J. Hart kid from uh, North Carolina State at linebacker that they think is doing fanta- fantastic so far. Uh, they're bringing in Eddie Smith, a defensive back from Alabama, that they're really excited about. So I think they're going to plug guys in on defense. I think the personnel will be fine. My big question, new scheme, both sides of the ball. And right? what I would want to point out is there's no doubt that the scheme that Beatle did at Wisconsin, and I think he tried to employ it as much as he can at Arkansas, is big offensive lineman, right? That's what Correct. they do. I would love to know the little changes and nuances in the rushing attack because pass pro is going to kind of be the same. It's a, it's a setup, and you're trying sure. not to get your quarterback killed, okay? Running attack, completely different if you're doing pin and pull or if you're doing more of a zone scheme. Yep. I would love to know the nuances and what Beatle has done, too, because this is more of a zone type of offensive line, smaller, yes, reach through, stuff like that. Used completely different than what Wisconsin yep. was. That, to me, is probably the thing that has been most tweaked or they've had to work with the most on the team. It's going to be interesting to see just a smaller overall line try to play that kind of style. So that might not go great. Um, Now, on the defensive side of the ball, 
a big change is going to be a three-man front instead of a four-man yeah. front. Yeah. So it's two gap, playing two gap versus one gap. Now I, I do mean that think- is just that is a definite commitment to philosophy there because you think the three four is the way to do it i don't know i well i don't care which way you do it i just stick to it recruit to it so obviously they haven't but that's what i'm saying like if you're willing to change it from a four three to a three four which is what they're doing you definitely believe in the three four correct you do but i you know it it always seems like that is such a daunting thing to to change because the personnel is a little different but I look down the line. I'm like, no, he's going to work there. He'll work okay. there. I feel like we've got a couple nose tackles. We've got a couple defensive ends. We we pulled some guys off of the defensive end that are really true linebackers anyway. So they it sounds like they're okay. they're settling into those positions. I'm pretty excited. The thing I am most excited for is to watch the defensive scheme change. I mean, it's like remodeling a house. Not every single remodel is the same. Each one's got its things that go well, yep. unexpectedly go bad. I would assume that's kind of the same thing, switching it to the 3-4. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we talked about the style of Wisconsin play. The next thing is then leads your right to the quarterback. So I don't think there's any doubt that Brandon Peters fits the mold of what Wisconsin quarterbacks yeah, look like. he does. But Dude, he's... could have that guy not... That could that could have been a Wisconsin quarterback. He absolutely looks physically like a Wisconsin yep. quarterback. He kind of throws like a Wisconsin quarterback, but he's not as consistent as typical Wisconsin quarterbacks. That's fair, which probably has something to do with the coaching staff that's on its way out the door. That's could, out the door now. And and the, a big problem there is going to be the wide receiver room. It's the weakest place in the team. Still, just not with Josh really Gunn. no weapon. Yeah, and I call him Josh because I like to think I know him. You lose Josh Bebe out of their huge playmaker. Yep. But then a nice running back room. Stable running backs, yep. so they'll be fine there. They're going to have to run the ball a lot. And then will Juice.0, like how will he fit in? Would he be something that – dude, that guy is talented enough to so, put him at a at a slot type of get him the ball in his you, hands type of deal. If you want to know my opinion, I really think he needs to move to the slot. I. He's an outstanding athlete. He's – He's not what they're looking for physically at the quarterback. They, they want a big, tall guy with a big arm. That's not juice. Juice, okay? They're not going to be running the quarterback in this offense. That's not juice. So, now he is the absolute firm number two quarterback right now. Okay. I still think, eventually, I, I get that maybe you want him there as an insurance policy for Brandon Peters, who has had all the problems with concussions, but I think long-term, he needs to be in the slot. Can I play this play it's not so much devil's advocate. It's just, I don't know, maybe kind of getting you excited. The number one offense, probably the most explosive team under uh, Bielma at Wisconsin. Russell Wilson was the quarterback. Yeah, Russell but he, Wilson, they didn't ask him to run, though. No, but he And he ran. has a much better, no doubt. Much better mean, Russell arm Wilson's, than Juice. I'm just saying, kind of like Iowa thing, like, Sure. That offense took a step up when they had a more mobile quarterback. So. And I, I don't know that they can afford to do it right now because after Juice, you got a couple freshmen okay. and another guy that's basically the poor man's Juice. Okay. So, so I, not I only should like Brandon Peters have a white jersey on, he, he should have like bubble, bubbles, yeah. a huge bubble over his, his not noggin. Mostly over his, his noggin, noggin, first yeah. of all. Okay. Uh, then the last bullet point I have here is Beetle in orange. Will he look like the gigantic great pumpkin? Oh boy! Like, I hope he's wearing a orange. It'll probably be navy blue. You, I don't think you're ever gonna see him in orange. Damn. And and by the way, so far I've only seen him in blue. In blue, I have not seen him more wear orange yet. He, do you think he put on an orange, you know, big overcoat, quarter zip, and his wife was like, he might have tried no. it one time. Let's let's stick to blue. It's a little bit more slimming. Might have put, put on that four X and said no. Uh Uh-uh, this ain't working. (sighs) Anyways, uh, anything more to add? 
No, that's. I'm just really excited to watch my lineup. I am. I'm excited to watch it with you. It's going to be good. Yep. Anything else? I'm just hoping they don't finish dead last in the West, man. I don't think they will. But we have got a long. We got a long ways to predict. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. Thank you so much for listening to the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.